We are back in the room once again, and we have a very special guest for you this evening on the You Ain't Heard Nothing Yet podcast. Up next is a guy who is from here in Northern Ireland. He has played with thousands of people all across the country. He has play, been played on the national broadcaster, BBC Radio Ulster, and has even made the musical pilgrimage over the water to play in Nashville. It is a fantastic Sam Wickens. Am I pronouncing your second name properly? Yes. It's a bit okay. of a weird one, so it is. But yes, that's it. Perfect. Dude, how are you getting on? I'm doing good. How are you? Good, 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 good. Um, trying to get through this whole COVID crack, like, but you're all than that, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so really, Sam, the first question is just, sort of just, who are you? What's your crack? Where are you from? And uh, what do you do with yourself? Yeah, I'm from Bangor. Do you know, just, it's just outside of Belfast, a little small, nothing happening kind of town. Um, <laughs> it is it, literally, I think the best thing about Bangor was it had a TK Maxx in its main street and we've lost that now. <laughs> Yeah, you had, had a TK Maxx. Yeah. And a B&M's, we've lost that one. too. <laughs> Sean says it was a first wheel. Was there a... Yes, there was. And it, it's quite funny. We used to have a better one, but then the Banger Council were like, we can save money instead of paying Barry's. And then <laughs> that uh, didn't go well. <laughs> as you do, like, as you do. Strange enough for that one. Um, were you ever on the first wheel? I have to ask this first. No, uh, me and my girlfriend went down and I saw that it was like balancing on breeze blocks. I was like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not getting on that. <laughs> it ain't so happening, lad. I was like, if you go on a watch, like I'll meet you in the middle that way. But um, <laughs> no, we didn't. We didn't go on it. I think actually we had a similar thing when we were at the FLA last year. Oh, where, you're, you're, you're feared. Well, I'll put it like this, right? I will throw myself out of a plane and I'll bungee jump, but I don't trust... Uh, like first wheels or I don't trust uh, you know amusements so Sean another friend of ours jumped on you know half cut let's be totally honest and I just stood there waving at them smoking a bang just like I'm not getting up there lads I hope you enjoy yourself (laughs) I just go on an airplane and jump jump out of the airplane and like kind of parachute in front of it that's okay but (laughs) getting onto the first wheels is too much (laughs) (laughs) too much but um, I suppose look let's get down to the nitty gritty when did you take up singing or playing the guitar? Was it, um, you know, was it was your family musical? Was it just yourself? Or where did that come from? No, like my mum would sing. She would sing my music, but never gets the lyrics right. So it's not like it's a musical family. But um, I got removed from school at 13. And I, I, I no other, I think Dundonald High was the only one that would say like, right, we'll give him a trial run. Uh-huh. And then... I got, I got passed around these other places that were like for 18 and plus behavioral problems like ASBOs. And right. then I turned 16 and I, I worked in a call center for a month and got paid and then bought my guitar. And I was like, right, now I've got kind of like this way of making money if I just have a guitar. So it was pretty like random, but like I was always in the music. I, I just didn't understand a lot of the, you know, industry or anything like that. It was only whenever I was about 16, I started to go to open mic nights and stuff like that. Okay, okay. And do you mind if my do you mind me asking um sort of uh, what happened when you were thirteen? No, no. Uh, like I've talked about it before, so it's not like a a hidden thing. No, I used to fight a lot, and um, I had a lot of mental health problems that were just not being addressed by the school. They were just very quick to say, do you know, anger problems, and do you know, they didn't. Sort of thing. Yeah, and it was just it got really bad, and the school had just had enough of me. And but I, w- I was just kind of passed about from after school was passed about different kind of I don't know what you would call them it wasn't like tech it was like a like a separate route you know instead of going like school and then upwards to tech and up it was like a like sideways kind of okay. thing but it was yeah. there that I got brought into like doing like 
drugs and drinks. You know, everyone else is 18 and I'm little 13, 14 year old trying to like prove that, you know, I'm a hard lad, that kind of mentality. And um, yeah, so whenever I kind of got in the music, it was just like an escape from all that. Like I stopped hanging about with the same people. They didn't want to go to open mic nights or gigs. They wanted to, you know, go into the street corners and stuff. So I just kind of faded away from that. Okay. And I suppose off the back of both of those was you said about that music as an escape was it initially was it immediately were you taken with writing and creating your own music or initially was it just as you said those sort of open mic nights and stuff like or did you immediately want to get involved yourself uh whenever whenever i started i would write like do you know, like parody songs do you know, like funny songs yeah, and I yeah. Think that was at the time i just do you know the, the reputation that i had and, and like the history that i had I couldn't be seen writing songs about, you know, like actual vulnerable things or real issues. So it was kind of like a, a self-defense thing. And then I think I must have on the Facebook years ago or something put up like a clip of like a serious song and people were like, oh, that's pretty, pretty good. And it probably wasn't. People were just nicer back then. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I started playing a bit more of my own stuff. But by the time I got to an open mic night, it was pretty much, I would say, 90% of my own material. And the people there were just so like supportive and they were saying like come back down next week and you'll you'll get better if you come back and I just kept coming back and coming back and going everywhere I could. Mm-hmm. Um could I ask what can you remember what were some of the parties or what were some of the songs you did party of? Uh I wrote a song. Uh it was called The Party Animal, I think. And it was okay. the story of the song uh was about this guy who went to a party. And I think the first line was ever gone to a party and everybody's drinking except for the cretin in the corner and he's thinking is it home time <laughs> and it was it was a lot of like just like crafting you know, like the lyrics and how to actually like melt words together and stuff but uh, the actual like true story of it was multiple things you know a lot of different parties where different people kind of looked like this person and i just morphed them all together into this song called the party animal and like the song ends in a way of like he finally has a drink and loosens up and he gets a bit of liquid courage and then goes up to a girl and he's like I'm gonna kiss her and then throws up over her face which was a true story <laughs> that I witnessed oh, <laughs> yeah. it was pretty pretty funny to, to sing them songs but um yeah and then moving forward they just kind of started to get more a bit a bit more serious and I felt a bit more comfortable to be like right well this is something I want to say instead of something that maybe people just want to laugh at so it just it just naturally went that way. Then, as you moved into that more serious songwriting, was that would the word be cathartic? Was that like something? As you said, you maybe thought there was mental health issues that weren't being addressed at school and various places like that. Was it then that sort of outlet that you felt you needed maybe in those years gone by, sort of thing? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, whenever I was was in school, my music teacher she was very much do you know, like whenever you have one of them teacher that is just a bit more hip. Like yeah. she kind of understood what was going on and. She used to tell me, you know, at break and lunch, go in and play the piano. You know, it meant I wouldn't get in any fights. There was no one else around me. And but then I got caught being in there and it went into a whole thing that they thought I was like trying to do damage to a piano whenever I was literally just sitting trying to learn how to play it. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, the kind of whenever I did start writing my own music, I, I was I realized that a lot of the things I was starting to write about were like old thoughts and stuff that I'd struggled with you know like years before it wasn't like new things so it was kind of like I had a backlog of all this stuff that I had to work out and it was like a puzzle trying to figure out what way that it, it was making me feel now and how would I kind of articulate 
them things and i think that's how i ended up getting my like writing style and my lyric writing style was trying to work it out because to me it was never clear you know i never woke up and was like oh i i feel sad today it was like a riddle i had to figure out all these riddles and put them in the words and then somehow when people heard them they figured out the riddles as well and they were able to connect with it so writing i suppose is like escapism it's a refuge almost for you uh to sing and perform it's it's, you know, so they would say to some people, you know, like um, writing a diary to get your thoughts on the page. And for you, that's almost, you know, singing about it and sort of crafting it all into like beautiful, beautiful songs. Yeah, no, I definitely think there's like a, a release you get from it, do you know. And whenever you do just write lyrics, it feels like, do you know, it's like telling someone a problem, do you know. Mm-hmm. It's now out there, but it's not, it's not fixed. And it's only whenever I get the music together and the production and everything like that to where I'm like, right, well, I actually, I've dealt with that now. I can move on. So it's like all of it together instead of just the lyrics, it's the music. And whenever all of that kind of melts together into the final song, you're just like, right, well, I've worked that out. I can move on. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously then this sort of, your songwriting journey that we've been talking about sort of results in your debut album in 2019. All I've seen, which was nominated for the NIM Music Prize, correct? Yes. Yeah, good. And I suppose my, my initial question on the album is the name kind of seems to touch on some of the things you've talked about. It, it sort of gives this vibe of like reflective, but also, as you said, that sort of moving forward or like a new start or restart. Where did the name come from or is there any significance to that? Or? The, that's a, it's a weird one. Um, when we were recording the first, so all the songs were. I would say 90% written. And when we were at the producer, Phil Dalton, we were at his studio and we were recording the song called Forest. And he was like, oh, we need another verse at the end for it to kind of be finished. And I was like, right, well, I'll just kind of ad lib. And we went in, I went in the vocal booth and just sang this verse. And it's it's the the recording that's on the track. So it was that one and done kind of thing. But at the very end of the track, I just leaned into the mic and said, all I've seen. And you can you can just about hear it in the recording. Mm-hmm. And then like months later, I was listening through them and I heard that and I was trying to work out what it was that I said. And then I heard it and I was like, that's going to be the album name. So it was all I've seen. And I think it was just a way of me, you know, sometimes you get people in every industry saying like, oh, could you do a bit more? Can you give a bit more, like give it a bit more gusto or be a bit more blasé about everything. And with me, it was just like, I can only give what I've dealt with and I can only talk about what I've experienced. So this is all I've seen. This is this is everything that I can give. And yeah, and then the artwork and everything just kind of, kind of came off the back of that, like the face and doesn't have any eyes. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like that contradicting itself, all I've seen. It seems to be an incredibly like self-reflective album and very, very personal. Um, one of my favorite tunes on it is Ravens and Crows. I, I don't know why, I just really love that track. Um, but I know that Ravens and Crows, like sort of mythology and in religions and such things, have like sort of bad omens. Was there anything behind that in this song and the writing of this song, or sort of where did it come about? As in Ravens and Crows or bad Ravens like, and Crows bad yeah. omens. Uh, Ravens, <laughs> the Ravens and Crows. And Crows uh, for me, it, it's like I'm not the kind of writer that would be like, right, I'm going to sit down and write a song. It would something would need to you know, like shock me or do something to kind of start it off and I was sitting in my bedroom one day and a bird flew into the window right and, jump uh, and I was on the phone to someone I was like hold on a bird just flew into my window it was a raven or a crow 
And okay. I was like, Raven, ravens or crows, ravens and crows. And I just, and then I was like, be right back. I need to go to the studio. And I came in here and like, just kind of kept that, like them words, ravens and crows. And whenever I start to write, I, as you said, you know, you start to visualize it and think about what does that kind of tell me? And the story um, kind of just started to tell itself throughout the song. Fair play, fair play. Well, it is a beautiful, beautiful track, man. Fair play. Thank you very much. Uh, I suppose then one of the tracks that I was a fan of off the album, the Cliffside, which I was curious about. It it has it sort of starts off and has this very real vibe of like a loneliness or a, a hollow sort of feeling at the beginning, but it does sort of develops nearly like yeah. this sound develops and the song sort of builds toward the end. There's a feeling of like a camaraderie or a sort of resilience maybe that builds up. Is that something? you drawn on specifically or is that something that's throughout the whole album? Maybe? Yeah, no, in Cliffside, Cliffside started off, as you said, it's very bare and it's that kind of something you would hear just someone sitting somewhere with a guitar kind of muttering to themselves. Um, and that, the, the main line in that was keep on running and it was mm-hmm. playing on the mindset of no matter what happens, you know, you kind of ran away from it. You didn't tackle it on head first and Within the album, with in all the songs, I love leaving. If you're in the movies and stuff, they're called Easter eggs in mm-hmm. movies. You know, little hidden details. So I, the whole way through it, I was like, we need to have all these Easter eggs, like deeper meanings. So in that, the instrumentals start to, as you said, like the pile up on each other. The start, and that was kind of the problems that this character is running away from. It starts to get more and more. The more he says, keep on running. The more he keeps on running, the more it stacks up. Mm. And towards the end, it is just kind of everything together. So it is, as you said about camaraderie, it's it is camaraderie, but in like a, the negative way. Do you know, yeah. you've got a bunch of these problems on your back, and you kept trying to run away from them, but they just kept piling up more after another. You sort of with a lot of the the, the album and with a lot of the tracks that you've recorded, that you know, there's a, they're they're very built up. You know, there's a lot going on in them, but it also seems to fit. There's a lot of sort of actuality in the sense that there's. There's other sounds happening, you know, around you almost and your voice is like piercing through them. Is that maybe a metaphor for like your own sort of, you know, your own maybe mental state and sort of, you know, using the music to cut through all the bullshit? Or is that just you being just a brilliant artist and just bringing together great sounds to make great music? I would say a bit of both. I love using textures. And that was when we were making the album, I found myself on every track just saying like, we need something else and it's not an instrument, you know, uh, on the song Ice, uh, we played a piano with like a pen, you know, on the strings yeah. of the piano. And on Cliffside, the guitar that was used was like an old dump guitar that had barely any strings on it. So mm. it was just trying to find, it was more about the sound rather than the instruments that I was trying to find a way. But then it is a bit of a, and it's not my kind of talent is mixing. I'm terrible at mixing. Okay. So that's like, down to whoever's doing the mixing that they can manage to find room for all of these sounds and all these different textures and then still get the the kind of voice like somewhere that you can understand what it's saying instead of like way down below all the instruments okay okay related to that and something you said earlier about like how you approach your music like how you approach the writing process like with Raven and Crows and that sort of that initial inciting incident what is your sort of writing process like what inspires your music is it internal is it how you're as you say how you're feeling and maybe given 
form to that formless sort of feeling you have or is it exterior things like for example as you said you hear a sound and you're like i want to make music with that sound that isn't particularly musical sound i think i think it's like both which can be annoying you know i've got all these things internally that i want to write about or you know i have kind of storylines about but i find it very hard to start them so then whenever something like external kind of hits me to spark a bit of creativity then it's you know it'll keep going and keep going do you know like with if you have like a big bowl of like petrol it, it can't light itself on fire but all it needs is a little spark and then all of a sudden it's going up so yeah i've got a, i've got a lot of like internal things that i always write about but i need something to just kind of spark that off and that could be a random thought of my own do you know which sometimes happens uh it could be like a lyric or if i'm just kind of noodling on the guitar or piano and i hit like a wrong note and i'm mm-hmm. like oh that that should be something i need to follow that and it's like you just keep going down the rabbit hole as much as you can and as often as you can is that, is that sort of idea just like feeling the night once it once the ball starts rolling feeling the night and see where you go yeah and once the ball starts rolling you know there's i there's no wrong way you you just go and throw anything on it and like that's why i love recording so much is there's no right or wrong way to do it and i'm really lucky to the people i work with share the same mindset of like it's you can't do something the wrong way you know you just try all these random things like in one of the the new songs coming out uh my drummer who is also does like the background behind the scenes photography and videography mm-hmm. he was taking photos when we were mixing it and his camera was going like in the in the live room and i I was like listen i was like oh i love that like texture we've put in mm-hmm. and then the producer was like that's not us like <laughs> what is it and i was like quick record him record him like taking the photos and now that's like part of the intro is like this like faint camera you know like shuddering mm-hmm. so it was just stuff like that that would just instantly capture me and i'm like no it, that needs to be in it so it, it's pretty fun really cool before we move on to sort of your new stuff and stuff you've done lately, I do want to ask about the last track on on the album on that um, Jericho. Okay, so is is there like a religious maybe spirituality thing going on in the album and maybe with Jericho because Jericho feels similar to the rest of it, but yet different and separate in its own. Also with the name Jericho, but I got even the vibe of the album. Those are times I got like a like a spirituality or something, maybe self reflection. I don't know, but. Was it was that was that anywhere at all? Or maybe that's just me clutching at straws. No, there definitely is like a, a level of spirituality within my writing. Um, I re- released a song years ago called Faith Delivered, and it was very, very spiritual and very religious. Um, but I love s- the stories of religion, and it wasn't. I I wrote the song Jericho, and it's about banger. But mm-hmm. it wasn't until after that my mum was like, is that about the, the story of Jericho? Do you know a guy walks around the walls of Jericho playing a trumpet and the walls of Jericho fall down? And I was like, no, could you tell me? I, I'd never heard this story. Yeah. So, um, But I, I do love, I think that there's just something really ancient about religious undertones in songs, but it's not like a, it's not hymn, hymnal per se. It's just... It's these stories that have been told for so long and you find these kind of, I, I, I connect with a lot of the kind of metaphors in the stories a lot. So with Jericho, it was, I would say, you said spirituality. I would say a part of me with what the song is about, a part of me was kind of needing spirituality and kind of, as you said, clutching at the straws. I think that's what songwriters do with everything. 
you know you clutch at them and you you grab them tight and you're like wringing it out and saying like how can i write about this how can i put this into words and stuff no, I, I definitely got the, that sort of undertone in it and as well i would have to say i agree myself that you know i can i can read into a story and take the metaphors from them and then take them as a you know as you know to, to live your life as a good person if you even don't believe in the religion itself or the you know the grander meaning of what they think it's you know yeah mm-hmm. and then i suppose to bring it more up to date uh, in november of 2020 you released your latest track which is is it strange 24 strange point 24 it's strange 24 or as my manager calls it he calls it like strange period two four <laughs> I, was, I, well, I didn't even think of that one. <laughs> uh, can you chat us about that what's that about yeah um so i got this treatment on my brain in I'm losing track of the years, uh, late 2019. It was in like October, November of 2019. It's a, like a treatment called TMS therapy or TMS treatment. And it's basically like a, a non-invasive uh, version or not version, a non-invasive type of treatment that is, they put magnets. It sounds so weird, but it's not like a little magnet. This big yeah. machine, they like clamp onto your head and switch it on. So it's like a taser. And it like sparks off activity in parts of your brain that don't have any, like don't have much activity. So I had, I had two different diagnoses of PTSD in the past few years and I was just like imploding. So they, I got this treatment and it like got rid of everything. And so that's the song strange was about trying to come back to life after, you know, you wake, I was waking up at like 12 in the afternoon and just lying there and being like, what what do you do with life? And then when you're better and you're not in that mindset anymore, you wake up early and you're like, what do I do now? Like, <laughs> do I go outside and tell someone like, I'm not depressed. Or, like, <laughs> I, I, I was depressed for so long that I didn't know, I didn't know what life was like without being depressed. So it was like trying to get used to living life again. So, and I would say in January of last year, January, February, when I started going out more, um, like people that saw me at like the the only gig that I played, they were saying like, there's something different about you. You you seem different. And I kept finding myself saying to them, you know, it all just went away. All these problems, all this trouble, it all just went away. And then that kind of became the main line of the song is it all just went away. And then, yeah, I, I, it felt good actually writing a song about problems not being there anymore but still it's still quite a sad song even though it's something happy so the, the song and i suppose maybe you've already answered my question here but the song and the accompanying video you know there's almost like this desolate beauty in it but at the same time towards the end there's like a climax of like new hope so i suppose that was realistically just you putting yourself as you do with all your music as every, any musician does into your actual song and that sort of really almost cemented where you're at at the time is that correct or how are you thinking about that yeah the the music video i was i just wanted to get something visual you know i felt like i needed this show and for the first time since i became a musician i was like i'll be in it most of the time if anyone kind of approached me about a music video i was like not a problem but i'm not in it you know i don't want people to see me um, and I worked with a videographer called Danny Mills and he was just outstanding. He met me for like an hour or two and was just like, tell me your story and don't leave out any details. Mm-hmm. And so I told him like all the horrible stuff that I'd seen. And he was like, right, I've got an idea. So his kind of idea for the music video was a prequel to the to the song. So the song is saying it all just went away and stuff. 
so the music video was showing you what exactly went away in my head so that's why the music video was like there's so many different like deep meanings you know there's like the maze scene where that's just like you don't know where you are you're kind of going the same place over and over again you're trying to get out but no matter like the harder you try and get out the deeper in the maze you become um and then we filmed in an asylum and i was in a mental psychiatric ward in uh, i think it was about two weeks before i released the all i've seen album and so it was all these like things that i had personal experience with mm-hmm. and we were filming them and it just felt like this huge step forward like right that's not my life anymore and i i get to literally use that for something creative and and leave it just on like that now and obviously you were saying about you know how you were dealing with it and then sort of towards the start of last year you know january february able to come back out again and, and you were feeling better about yourself how are you getting on during covid i i'm doing you know i don't I, I always feel bad for saying this. I, I, I'm, I've been doing fine. And I feel, I do feel bad for saying that because I do know that there's so many people that aren't doing fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, if anything, I had a lot of, a long time of practicing being a recluse that whenever it's forced upon me, I'm just like, oh, this, this just feels like I'm doing my normal thing. Okay. You know, uh, I, I don't drink or do anything like that. So I'm never out of you know parties or nightclubs or bars or anything i don't go out and uh the only thing that is different is i can't train and that's that's a bit of a like a bit of a pickle okay uh, you can't get out of the gym says you bit of that that bit of release yeah well i, I train in my house but like i do mma so oh, okay. it's just like and uh, like i did spar with my mum, and she was, <laughs> like, she, she was just like no not happening again so <laughs> yeah. that was one and done Okay. My my co my COVID record is one and zero. Brilliant, brilliant. Something that I wondered with your sound. What would you describe your genre as? You had to put yourself in the genre because it's something we were talking beforehand, and the word folktronic was thrown out at one stage, which is something I've never heard. Yeah, what it's like a folk electronic. What would you put it as? Yeah, um, I used to call it. What was it? Uh, like a like a. I can't remember the word. It's it's the same name for like a do you know, like a, a bad breed of a dog. Do you know, like a mixed dog breed? A, mong- a mongrel. Not mong- I used to call it mongrel, but then people were like, "Oh, is it like heavy rock?" And I was like, no. <laughs> "So I, I kind of backstepped away from that." But yeah, I would just tell people it's like I, I was saying like electronic folk, and then I was thinking that sounds a bit different. So I started calling it folk electronic, and then folktronic is a genre. Mm-hmm. So it's, I would just say like indie folk slash electronic folk or slash folktronic. But um, no, I, I've never been able to, to really say, do you know, because whenever there's loads of people, when they start music, they're like, I want to be a pop musician or I want to be a rock star. Whenever I got into it, I was just like, I just want to make music. There was mm-hmm. never like a clear path of what I wanted to be. I just wanted to be myself. And no one ever told me like, oh, you should kind of do pop music or rock music they just let me be myself and i think it's kind of let me i don't i'm not in a pigeonhole which is i suppose good because i think something that totally comes across on your different songs is despite that as you say they are that bit different from track to track there is that sort of common theme of it does feel very sincere and genuine as rather than being fortunate to be pigeonholed any particular genre yeah no i find that something that people always tell me is like I could do like a rock track and like a 
hip hop track or whatever it is, but my singing style just kind of ties it all together. Mm-hmm. So that's, I suppose that's good. You know, I could really experiment, but as long as I'm singing over it, it's like, feels similar. Fair play, man. Fair mm-hmm. play. There's a little bit of continuity along the way, says you. Yeah. yeah. I, think that, I think that's a good thing. Fair play, fair play. I didn't ask you about this. Now, of course, this might be under lock and key, but um, you have new music on the way. Are you allowed to tell us anything about it? Yeah, I would say so. Uh, anything you want to know. Uh, like, so, like, obviously you put stuff down for an EP, is that correct? Yes, so there's an EP coming out on the 5th of February. And, like, what, what, what is it? Where are you at at this place? What are you talking about? Is there a message in it? Um, is it similar to the previous stuff you've done, or where are you at? Uh, I would say it's slightly similar to all I've seen to the likes of the textural stuff, but for, like, place of mind, it's a lot more... Whenever I was doing all I've seen it was kind of like they were all the songs that I had written mm-hmm. at the time and they all where my mind was then was like it was all quite similar but um with this EP it was throughout the year of all I've seen and then the next year I was writing and recording these songs that I had no intention of releasing or letting anyone hear it was just you know as you said to get a release from mm-hmm. and they were really kind of at the time they were so personal and it wasn't like writing a song about something that happened four years ago. It was writing a song that was about something that's happening right now. And so I was writing and recording and stuff. And then at the, when was it? Around the end of 2019, um, I let my manager hear some of the stuff. And he was like, oh, wh- where's this all came from? And I was like, I've been recording these whenever I wasn't well. Um but I, I feel like I want people to hear it now. Do you know, I'm feeling a bit better. I don't feel as like, it, it doesn't feel like somebody would be poking the wound anymore. It would be like showing someone the scar. Okay. And then we just took them to a producer and then a few of them, we we worked with Phil Dalton that I'd, I'd already basically produced them all here. Um, mm. And then we took some to Michael Mormika and then wrote a new song. But it was all very much they're all in the same universe. I always try and keep them. All the songs are like, they have to be all created. There's no point in like having four songs that were written together and then you just write one randomly, just throw it on, being like, right, well, I need five songs, so I'll just write one now. Yeah. Um, I wanted them all to kind of tell us like chronological story and that's what it ended up being. It's in an artistic view, the way the songs are mapped out was like the downfall and then kind of like the, the rise of my mental health throughout like a year or two. And as you say about the textural similarities to the last album, is there more of that still that, as you, like that example you gave of the camera signs, is, the, is there more of that still creativity in it? Or did, are they, because they come from, as you say, that sort of place where you maybe weren't feeling as good, do they exist as that, as they were created then, if you know what I mean? Uh, no, it's like, it's like stuff that was like, dialed up to 11 Um, (laughs) like it was and I was just whenever I was here in the studio and I went through this phase I was like I don't even want people to hear me talk in case like they start asking like are you okay so I borrowed this massive like like a cassette tape recorder yeah um, uh, off a friend and I recorded everything on, on like the Mac and then sent everything through this cassette tape machine and then like crumpled up all the cassettes tape and then put them back in and 
brought them back onto the computer. So it was like my voice was very distorted. You could barely tell it was me. And then it was a funny story, sorry, about the cassette tape machine. The lady then went and moved to like this island off the coast of Ireland. Right. And I rang, I rang her and couldn't get through and then sent her an email and stuff. What is it? Ackle Island's Billy Sandstill. I, I don't know. She just like, I sent her an email. I was like, I can give you this cassette tape back, like the machine. And she was like, yeah, I'll get it in like the next like year. I'm, I'm living on an island. <laughs> and I was what? like, okay. And then she messaged me one day. She was like, can you come to Belfast? I'm here. And she's like, just take a wee day trip into Belfast. And I, I brought this big cassette machine. I was like, thank you very much. But, um, so I had all these like distorted vocals and I was just playing about with like finding ways how to change my vocals to where it was like still me but didn't sound like me in a way and yeah it just it became very like all the sounds all the cassette kind of I love the the effect like I have a micro it still has a cassette tape (laughs) so I listen to cassette and I just love the the sound of it and yeah, it was just, it was a real weird way of creating all these songs and they're very, like, people call them, like, fine songs, you know, like, stuff you would just record. Uh-huh. And yeah. Uh, I just, yeah, a lot of manipulation. On it. Instead of, like, I would say all I've seen was very much, if you're doing, like, a piano take, we would have done the piano, like, hit record, play the piano throughout the song, not that, but on the new Watson EP, it was like, right, well, this is a piano I recorded, like, seven months ago how can i like chop it up and change it into what i need right now and then run it through a cassette machine take it back out scrunch it up put it back in record it back on computer and you've got all these horrible weird sounds that sound really nice together mm-hmm. so it's 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 a really different creative way this time around fair play i we were actually we were chatting actually before the show about just how musicians and artists or even bands come together and their creative process of bringing in different sounds and different bits and pieces from everywhere to create really, really great music. You're in your studio at the moment. Um, obviously, don't give us your address, but where, are you, where where's it based? Whereabouts are you based? It's, it's at home. Oh, home, like, like, like where, you, where you're living at currently? Yeah, but it's oh, like, Desmond. it's like a separate building. I know that, that probably makes me sound like, you know, like a super like posho. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really it's really not a few years ago um i was just getting really kind of i would get very anxious about going new places uh-huh. and my dad was like well why don't we just build a studio in the back garden because we had quite a big garden like we live in a cul-de-sac and we hit lucky when we got like the bottom corner house so we got the yes. big garden and i was like okay how do you build a building because I, I i never really knew uh-huh. and he was like oh we'll figure it out and we got loads of breeze blocks and then it just kind of kept going and it's i think it's about 12 foot by 12 foot it's all like soundproofed and electric and stuff and it's literally like maybe like five feet away from my house so i get go and get my coffee or my cups of tea yeah and yeah so it's 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 lovely Probably there. Loves in the dream. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah. Um, is there any way, Sean, you can sort me with a like a studio out the backyard? I have a question um outside of music to ask you. Yeah. Um you are a man with loads of tattoos. Um yes. now, I'm not gonna ask you to start stepping for us here to show them or anything. Um but do any of them have a particular meaning for you? Do you just do you just you know, do you get a tattoo because you like 
you know, a saying or a quote or a picture or it has to be memorable or it's just for fun or is there anything behind any of those? Yeah, so all my, write, all my tattoos writing. Okay. Um, so all my tattoos are rules or like lessons that I like had a mindset of like, I'm not allowed to forget that. I have to get it tattooed. Um, so yeah, like from all the way down, um, I have to, and my girlfriend is actually a tattoo artist. So now I get ah, free, ta- I get free tattoos now. <laughs> um, but yeah, all my tattoos, uh, I got my first one when I was 13, I think 13 or 14. It was just as I got kicked out of school Jesus. and that was alpha and omega, you know, I'm the alpha and omega, the beginning and the end. And then after that, it was, um, a poem then just it, it it's a lot of lit- literature it's you know, like poetry um there's not much kind of bible stuff uh but it could be poetry stuff that i just told myself so i've got my most recent one that's there mm-hmm. and it just says not dead yet and i just thought <laughs> I that that was on your social it, really cool. yeah it looks like a stamp that you would get if you were rejected from a morgue <laughs> you know like come on sandra he's not dead yet send it back out there for now so i get i get all these tattoos and it's just from i started getting them i like always said to people it's like well if i'm really old and i can't even remember my like bank pin or my phone number but if i read my skin um i'll know how to live the life that i want to live because it's like all the rules that i abide by on my like on my hands and stuff it's all like a separate so on my left side that's like what i would call like my good side Right. And so that's got like my knuckles say heal, my wrist says blessed. Do you know I've got Jekyll and not dead yet, but then right it's the hurt hand. So that's that the knuckles say hurt, the hand says hide, the wrist says cursed. Mm-hmm. And so it's like this like kind of split thing. But it's also it's it's also my hand is like mangled, so it is hurt. Yeah, I seen that you like hurt it or broke a finger or something like ages ago, I, was it? My hand's been broke, I think it's 22 times. Fucking hell. So I've had, do you know, they're called K-wires, I believe. It's like they put wires through your bones to like hold them. And then it got broke again and they just mangled. So I'm on the waiting list for two more surgeries. I've got one of my, I think it's a ligament or a tendon that goes over the the knuckle. is split, split, he said, like a cheese string. Oh, Lord. doesn't go over the knuckle and then i need to get two plates put in on the hand so i'll be i'll be so happy once that actually happens <laughs> because i've been on the waiting list now for like two and a half years getting there slowly slowly let me yeah. know that gets sorted sap um i had sean maybe do you want to go find a question no okay, uh, we have one final question we want to ask you we asked everybody that we uh, get on to interview if you were to be a drink any drink in the world what drink would you be um, I think peppermint tea. I think <laughs> I do think peppermint Love tea. It. I think that I could just calm people down. Fair play. Like one of them we rescue dogs, you know, they bring in and like you know, like for in offices. You ever like we both work in an office and they every few months or when we when we could, we would bring in like different dogs, you know, and like have them in the office because they're like a calming effect on people, you know, when people are stressed and stuff. You know what I, mean? I think like I've got I've got two Rottweilers. They're my calming dogs. And scaring dogs for everybody else. Yeah. It's like nobody's gonna mess with you. <laughs> I no, I yeah, I love dogs. Absolutely love dogs. I was, I was t- just a a wee quick thing. I went 
up to Cave Hill for the first time in my life there. I think it was three weeks ago. My huh? girlfriend kept saying to me, we need to go up Cave Hill. It's really sunny. Or it's really snowy, sorry, and it's all icy and stuff up there. Just go for a walk. And I was like, right, okay, we'll go. And I go up and I get in the middle of a staffy against like a Labrador dog fight. Oh, God. And I was like, and then like, this is how my kind of mentality and anxiety works. That doesn't bother me. And I was like, it's all, it's all good. But then when we were walking down, she slipped and I was like, you're making me anxious. And she was like, right. So you stuck your hand in a staffy's mouth. That was all right. But me slipping on a bit of muck and you're near having like an anxiety attack. But yeah, still, still love dogs. Fair play, fair play. Very good. Uh, I suppose then just to wrap up, where can, uh, what's the new EP called? When's it out? And where can people find it and you online or physically? Or... Yeah, the new EP is called Watson. So I just call it like Watson or the Watson EP. Um. To get it, it'll be on you know Spotify, Apple Music, and all the other streaming sites. I I don't know all of them. I, <laughs> Whatever, like, there somewhere you get your music. I think yeah, I think Spotify is the main one. Um, and then to get it, it'll just be I'll just be posting links to my Facebook. So it's just Sam Wickens on like it's a good thing about having like a kind of weird name. There's not many Sam Wickens. <laughs> no, you're so just, Yeah, type Sam Wickens in anywhere, and I pop up. So yeah, that'll be that'll be it. And you can be found, of course, on Facebook and Instagram at Sam Wickens, yeah? Yeah, I think Instagram Sam Wickens Music. Uh, but yeah, you just type in Sam Wickens anywhere. I, I just seem to pop up everywhere. Deadly job, deadly job. Well, look, Sam, thank you very much indeed for coming on and chatting to us. Um, and it's just great to hear that you're keeping well and everything's great. We loved um, your, your 2019 album. We are looking forward to the new work coming out in mm-hmm. just about two weeks' time, which is going to two weeks' time. And uh, like I said again, thank you very much for coming on, Chapman. Thank you both very much for having me. fantastic Sam Wickens we're very much looking mm. forward to his new EP out now in the 5th of February Sean yeah not long at all brilliant brilliant chat very insightful and very honest very honest yeah, yeah. and totally got into the whys of both why he felt the need to write his music and the why he included, included certain sounds and stuff which mm. I both are things that I find very very interesting mm-hmm. if you want to check Sam out you can find him as he said on his various social medias Facebook Instagram you can track his music down wherever you'll find your music, Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Music, all such things. But there will, of course, be links on Sam's social media. So check him out there. Uh, and once you're done checking him out, check us out. Where would they do that, Jack? Instagram and Facebook, at You Ain't Heard Nothing Yet. Jack Donnelly, Sean MQ's on Facebook, or that's our individual account. Send us a message if you want to. Uh, you can get me on my Instagram, JackieD123. You can get Sean's blog where he chats about all things wild weird and wonderful in terms of film tv comics gaming anything that tickles his fancy it is called the projectionist type it into google it will be there and that's us and that's us the man opposite myself still at the end of this iron change in his beautiful pink junk drawer t-shirt jake come on sponsors go on you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is jack donnelly and the lovely man sitting opposite me in a very jealous like i said mustard it's pretty yellow look. It's mustard. Yeah, what's the difference? 
Well, one's called mustard because it's a mustard color, Sean. And oh, it's so different mustard color and yellow. It's a different shade of yellow, but, but it's, it's, still it's yellow mustard then, color. But it's yellow. It's then. mustard. It's a shade of yellow. So you know what I mean? Just said it's a shade of yellow. Okay, well, something's blue. You would say something's royal blue as opposed to baby still, blue. They're still blue. I didn't say they weren't. I'm just saying. I'm just saying it's mustard. I'm just saying it's both mustard. They're both blue. I'm the lovely one sitting opposite me is a wild Sean Skews. And you'll be listening. Day, you entered nothing yet.